Hello, I'm Stuart Childs and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge at Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Following the completion of a number of people management courses across the country in the last few weeks, this week I was joined by Martina Gormley, Chagas Dairy Specialist in the West of Ireland, to discuss the course. I started by asking Martina to outline for people who haven't attended previously the agenda and content covered at the courses. So it was a two-day course, Stuart, um, and the the content or the agenda of the course, uh, firstly, on day one, we covered um, the, I suppose, the legal aspect to employing people. So we had the WRC, the Work Relations Commission, come in uh, and speak for about an hour, um, a presentation plus a, Q- a Q&A um, in terms of the legal aspect of, of employing people. Um, we moved on then to Nulig Heffernan. Um, so Nulig is a private consultant uh, with a work psychology background. Um, and Nulig uh, goes through, I suppose, before you actually employ someone, uh, looking at in terms of actually what sh- what sh- what are you looking for role clarity job descriptions you know what what's in it for the other person the employee what do they actually want from your business and, and can you meet those needs um Nully goes on um to discuss uh time management it's a big part of, of the course in terms of planning your workload um and and using i suppose the discounted planner um that, that Nully would use a lot with with farmers in terms of planning your your workload um we also look at um the finish time of the day of the working day so it's a it's an important part of the course um because we know it fluctuates a lot and it can cause um issues in in, in terms of uh, finding people to work on the farm um, and also then uh, on day two, uh, Stuart, uh, we discuss uh, communication in terms of uh, communicating with people, um, accountability in terms of um, where I suppose performance isn't up to scratch or a farmer employer isn't uh, happy um, <clears throat> with workload and what's been done, how it's been done. And I suppose then um, we'll also look at ongoing employment in terms of trying to retain people. So, you know, um, the person is there now for a few months um, and people, employees uh, go through different phases throughout employment. So Nolik discusses, I suppose, the whole psychology background in terms of the different phases that an employee might be at in terms of of, uh, confidence, ambitions, um, so on and so forth. And that's, I suppose, important part for employees to to be aware of. And I suppose, Martina, it's, um, it's like you said about Nolik's background being psychology as such, like there is a big part of that, that people that for all intents and purposes, I suppose, have really been used to working on their own for a long number of years, maybe. And I know Joe was only saying it the other day that we need to kind of shake off the shackles of pre-quarter, you know, seven years on, no quarter is a thing of the past. But at the same time, people maybe were working before without um, much help on the farm, we'll say. Uh, and the scaling up of farms has meant that we now have to engage with people. And there's a whole other kind of level of um, just understanding that other people may think differently to you and they don't always have the same objectives that you have as well. And Nolly goes into that kind of detail in the course as well, doesn't she? A hundred percent, Stuart. Yeah. So um, and, and that's really important in terms of, of um, I suppose, how how you look at um, what, what an, uh, an employee might be perceiving. And Nolig, you know, would be very strong in terms of saying, you know, no employee comes onto your farm to fail. 
or to, you know, carry out a task, um, you know, in, in a way that you may not want. That is not their intention. They come uh, once you've employed, obviously, you know, a good person. Um, they come with the intention to, to do a good job. Um, so really, I suppose Nolig uh, uses the psychology research to discuss, you know, wh- what has went wrong. And instead of jumping to the gun that that person intentionally um, did X, Y and Z to actually peel it back and say, well, firstly, could I have done something differently? Look at yourself first. Was there something wrong with the, you know, were all the tools available? Was there a, an issue with communication? Did they actually fully understand? So on and so forth. So it's taken a step back. So that's that's a really key part in terms of reducing conflict. And I suppose giving people a good start um, in terms of, of their performance and that they can perform well on the farm. Yeah, and you remind me actually there, Martina, of uh, one of your guys will say up the west there, TJ Kelly, um, spoke at the Irish Grassland there during the summer and he spoke about how an incident happened on the farm with a person that was working for him. And he actually, the way he rationalised that, that the incident had taken place was that it was his mistake by not actually clarifying that the person was able to do the job he'd asked them. He basically walked away to go and do something else and came back to find that there was a, an incident after happening. Now, there was nothing critical, I suppose, involved in it, obviously, but at the same time, he took a very different approach to, I'd say, what the vast majority of people would have taken in that he, he looked at himself and said, what did I do wrong here, basically, as opposed to, okay, the, 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 the thing had taken place, it just had to be sorted after it, it was after occurring, now there was no point in losing the cool about it, but it, it's trying to get into the, like, we all uh, understand what we are doing, but when we're trying to convey that message to someone else of what we want them to do, we really have to pair it back into almost basic and, and at, at the risk of nearly insulting someone you're better to go back to the start and make sure and clarify that people do understand what you're looking for them to do and spend that time doing that at the very early stages I suppose is it? A hundred percent because I suppose the per, there's a few things there Stuart I suppose number one is the presumption and particularly if somebody um, has experience or has worked on a dairy farm before or maybe um, has grown up on a dairy farm the presumption straight away that this person, uh, number one, I suppose, uh, has a lot of knowledge and they may have a lot of knowledge in different areas, but also that the person knows your farm. They don't know your farm. They don't know your milking parlor. They don't know your land. They don't know the wet spots, the dry spots. <laughs> they don't know any of these things. So there can be that issue where you presume just because somebody knows how to milk cows or they're from a dairy farm that you can land them in and they will be able to do everything. So, um, you know, we have to treat people as if they um they actually don't have experience on your farm and actually go through the milking with them and the whole process from start to finish. And, and you're correct there in terms of, of your example, I suppose, with TJ. And that's that's a fantastic way to look at um, an issue, I suppose, when it arises. And it has cropped up, um, which is great to hear on the people management courses where some farmers have put up the hand and said, if that was five years ago, not a hope, I would have pointed the finger straight away. But on the back of, I suppose, knowledge and talking to people and having more understanding and more education in in terms of working with people, I have improved and said straight away, okay, that's my fault. I never told you X, Y and Z. Um, So that that's really powerful and it's really important. And I suppose going on from that, Stuart, is that people then when they do make a mistake, 
will put will feel comfortable that they can put their hand up. Whereas if you have given out to them badly for a mistake they made that that wasn't their fault, actually, they actually weren't told what will happen from that is when they make a mistake themselves again, they, they won't tell you they made the mistake. And a classic example of that is antibiotics going into the milk, which is a pretty serious one. Mm. So people need to feel comfortable to, I suppose, to fail um, and, and put their hands up. And that that's a really important one. Very good. Um, so I suppose, look, no matter what sector we're in at the moment, people are very difficult to come by. And uh, if people are successful in acquiring a, a person to come uh, and work on the farm, we need to be able to, as you said earlier, manage them and uh, manage ourselves in terms of our working relationship with them. Uh, what are the main issues that farmers are having with people management or labour management or staff management, whatever way you want to call it? Yeah, so I suppose some of the main reasons, Stuart, that people are attending the course, I think number one is the legislation. Farmers are very hungry um, to to know and understand the employment uh, legislation and they want to get off on the right footing with the employee in terms of annual leave, public holidays, Sunday premiums and terms and conditions and all that. So that's that's one of the big reasons or the challenges out there that they actually don't have enough knowledge or experience um, with the, the, the legislation side of things because they haven't been employing people before. Um, so that's that's uh, the first one, I suppose. The other one is in terms of, I suppose, managing um, managing the time better. I suppose everyone is where we only have so much time. We all have the same time um, and we can't make more of it. So so how to actually utilize the, the, the time we have better and um, and to be more efficient in terms of planning the day. Um, and I suppose the other big one that will come up, Stuart, is attracting and retaining people. So actually, you know, I have X amount of cows and I'm in a position now where I'm going to be looking for a part time person or a full time person. Where do I even start uh, and how do I find these good people that are out there? Um, and then the other one, I suppose, is in terms of retaining people that I actually can find good people and have good people, but they actually aren't staying with me very long. So, um, you know, uh, kind of, you know, digging a bit deeper in terms of what's what's going on there and trying to retain people for a bit longer on the farm. Um, and then I suppose the other one that crops up a good bit is in terms of working with family. Um, so I think sometimes uh, we forget family or people as well. Um, and it's it's can be fantastic working with family, but it can bring its own challenges and that. So that's something that comes up a good bit that I'm working with my daughter or father or uncle or whatever. And there's just a little bit of conflict there. And I'd like to try and resolve it. OK, so you mentioned part time and full time there as well as look, the families there. Anyway, they kind of almost, I won't say they have no choice, but they're there by they're, they may be there by choice, we'll say, or they're there to help out anyway. Um, is the course only for people that were was that are actually employing people on a full time basis? Or we'll say, do we need to think a bit more broadly now, especially the way the, the revenue legislation has changed and that more or less anybody that comes on, be, be it for a half a day once a year or, or a half day every day of the week kind of scenario like that there's there's kind of uh, information that people need to get there and you mentioned it about the, the WRC side of things that people want to make sure that they're on the right footing in terms of the law side of things so is it is it, it's relevant to everybody this this course is it it is absolutely and look that's that's a great point that you make there Stuart um it, it really is and unfortunately the perception can be that it's this course is only for someone employing someone full-time um, so quite rightly, as you mentioned there, um, you know, whether you have someone for a day a week or two days or two relief milkings a week or whatever, they are an employee, whether you perceive it or not, they actually are. And they have all similar entitlements and it's important to get up to speed on that. But 
even if you actually we've had you know a handful and it, it is really by and large a handful of people that actually really work on their own that don't have family um helping them out or a relief milk or something like that but we have come across a handful of people that actually have came to the course and the, the feedback from them, you know, has been really positive. They kind of said, you know, I was kind of wondering, was this for me or not? Because I didn't have someone full time. But actually, oh, my God, I've learned so much in terms of actually planning my time and my workload and uh, outsourcing um, uh, tasks, different tasks that, you know, and I don't really I will never have a full time person uh, or a part time person either. Um, and, and that's fine. But just just in terms of how to plan and uh, you know, take a little bit of time off the farm and actually even working. And again, we forget about the contract, all, all the service providers and the contractors that come into the farm, actually working better with them in terms of planning workload and having better relationships with them because they're an important part of the business as well. So, um, yeah, it, the course is absolutely for anyone who's working with full time, part time relief milkers or in the odd case, um, nobody at all that's coming onto the farm it's for everyone and everyone will get something from it okay and like the time management piece is even important from the point of view of uh, contacting contractors etc making them aware of what your plans are because they can't read your mind absolutely yeah and 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 you hear it all the time even in terms of like contractors have their own challenges in terms of finding people um and having a lot of different people move through the business and and you'd hear it all the time saying oh god you know my contractor had a new person and and you know they got stuck in the field because they didn't know the wet spot yeah. You know, and, you know, again, peeling that back, how could that person possibly know the wet spot? And even if they did, I'd been on the farm before, they've been on hundreds of farms since and they couldn't always remember the wet spot in your fields or so on and so forth. So it's even actually peeling it back and 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 looking at the conflicts um, and the stress that's caused. Um, with incidents like that on the farm um, or in terms of, as, as you rightly said there, in terms of the frustrations around, um, you know, you have a job on and weather can be an issue and you have a short, short um, time frame to get the job done or not, or not and you expect that that person, uh, you know, has nothing else on, you know. So in terms of planning that well in advance and, and to make sure that you both get off the right footing um, and that, that the, the task gets done when it should get done is is also a big part of it, yes. So, Martina, you've probably covered some of it there, even in some of the answers you've been given so far. But in terms of key learnings from the course, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the people who participated this year? Uh, yeah, so looking back on uh, on the, the feedback sheets there, um, Stuart, I suppose a number of things have, have cropped up. Um, I suppose in, in terms of working with, with family, uh, some of the feedback has been, you know, where, where the in most cases, it was the father that, that attended the course and they said, God, you know, I actually feel a lot more confident going home now to work with um, my son or my daughter or whatever. And and found that I was actually guilty of a lot of things. And I'm the root cause um, of actually a lot of the conflict on the farm. So that was a massive one um, for the for um, for some farmers to go home with. Um, I suppose the the other things um, that farmers have found beneficial is in terms of time management and actually planning their day. Um, and I suppose, you know, the, the perception can be, oh, for God's sake, you know, I just I have it all in my head and I just do jobs as I need to do them. You know, um, whereas um, Nolik spends a lot of time in terms of actually, you know, if you want to take time off the farm, be it evenings or weekends or holidays or so on and so forth, in terms of actually discounting that time first, work back 
you know, in terms of your finish time uh, for, with that in mind, and you'll actually achieve a lot more and it'll actually give an awful lot of clarity in, in terms of how you get work done. Um, so time management has been a big one. Um, I suppose the other thing one farmer said in terms of one of the things he got from the course was the 10 minute jobs. So Nullig would discuss um in terms of drift in the evening time, with particularly with milking, is that after dinner you can uh, you've only if you're going to milk cows, bring them in at three or half three. It's a very short period of time, an hour, an hour and a half. And I suppose a lot of times what's happening is your 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 uh, farmers are starting quite big jobs or uh, misunderstand the actual time taking in terms of the, the actual process of the job and are unrealistic about how long it'll take, and then. The evening, the evening milking will be pushed out in order to facilitate completion of that tasks. Um, and then once that happens, once it becomes, uh, you know, I suppose a vicious cycle and it continues. Uh, and then you're not planned for the next day and the next day is the same and so on and so forth. So Nullig, I suppose, really takes the day apart, chunk by chunk by chunk. Um, and, um, you know, in, in terms of having these shorter jobs, so 10 minute jobs. You know, or it could be 30 minutes jobs, but being realistic and having them up on the whiteboard or in your notebook or whatever, they're kind of nice to do jobs. I don't need them done now, but I need them maybe done a few weeks time or whatever. And those are the jobs or I have to pay a few bills or something like that or planning for the next day. Those are the jobs to, that you can take on um, for, you know, that hour before milking or that um, and realistically get them done. Then get the cows uh, milked and you have your evening off. Yeah, so basically picking off um, simple things, tasks to do rather than going fencing a field for for an hour and a half that's really going to be a full day's job like. Yeah, and I suppose the other one where it cropped up and it was, it was quite interesting around the, the milking times was, you know, some farmers said, look, I'm milking at six in the morning and the reason for that is, uh, particularly in the springtime, is is to get the work done. I just, you know, if I'd love to start at seven, but I also like my finish time is crucial to me. I have to be out of the yard or the staff has to be out of the yard at six. So in order to get all the work done, particularly in spring, we have to start earlier. But at this time of the year, say summer, uh, autumn, wintertime, particularly uh, that's they would say, um, yeah, in theory, I'd say I should be out. I shouldn't be starting at six. I should move to seven, start milking or half seven, because in autumn and winter, the workload is reduced. But we're kind of strugg- still struggling a little bit with that um, and how to how to, you know, how to get the work done basically in, in seven less hours in the week. Uh, when you look at Monday to, to Sunday. So Nolig uh, would look at, a, I suppose, a lot of areas in terms of where time is wasted um, and one area is in terms of finding things. Okay, so that's a massive one. So some farmers actually went away and the feedback from the course is that they said, God, there's so much time being wasted. We have no um, order or process in place in terms of where anything is. And one farmer commented, he said, you know what, I'm just after counting, I've eight different sheds where um, the hoof trimmer actually could be. I don't know which shed it's in. I'd have to go into all eight to find it. Um, you know, other farmers spoke of that, you know, they actually have three or four of the same tools, not because they wanted three or four of them, but because of uh, on four occasions they couldn't find that tool. So they had to go to the shop, uh, the co-op and get it. So there's an, 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 and a good point from Nullig is, you know, like even 
if you were to to waste 10 minutes a day looking for something and the farmers just laughed, they said we waste so much more than that. But even if you wasted uh, 10 minutes a day looking for something, um, that's 48 hours in the year. So uh, in terms of um, being able to actually start milking a bit later, it's a great place to start. So some farmers went away saying, you know what, this December when the cows are dry in January, I am going to get uh, shadow board all my tools together I'm going to get a place for everything and I'm going to it's a my kind of new year's resolution is that I'm going to enforce rules uh, that things have to be put back and I'm going to actually do a check every morning to make sure the tools are where they, they need to be yeah and there's a couple of things actually I was involved a couple of years ago with Dairy World in relation to a lean farm program that they have ongoing even at this stage now um, it really went through a lot a lot of people went through the, the training days that they were doing a couple of years ago and one of the pilot studies that they did that they, they showed 116 kilometers of a reduction in walking distance so they were tracking people um, and when they organized the yard like you said they're now instead of traipsing around looking for stuff they got a bit organized Um, they knew where stuff was a place for everything and everything in its place is the saying goes um, they actually cut back on the amount of ground that they were covering on a daily basis in terms of searching for stuff like you've alluded to there. Uh, and they also saved 18 days equivalent of, of labour from by being more organised as well. So there's huge scope in that, I suppose. And again, a lot of it comes down to habit as well, I suppose, Martina, that we're used to doing things in a certain way. And it's only when people are challenged or questioned about the way that they're doing it that they can actually make the changes that might be necessary. To, and, and that's only one aspect of the whole labour management piece. I mean, you're covering an awful lot more. So just on the actual course itself then, was it fully booked this year? And did you have any challenges uh, with the course itself in terms of getting people to attend? Yeah, so um, the the feedback really, the, the the you know, the excellent feedback that we've received year on year throughout this course and, and the attendance, it isn't stacking up at times. Like some courses, there's no problems that they, they fill out fairly quick, but other courses um, um, ha- have been a challenge from attendance point of view. And look, talking to a few farmers in terms of, of what's going on here, um, the, the reasons that are coming back to me is number one, we've already touched on it, Stuart, but that some farmers feel that the course is only for somebody uh, employing full-time help on the farm. Okay, so that's number one. So that's preventing people from signing up. The other is that there's a little bit of confusion in terms of the labour efficiency. So uh, labour efficiency has been covered, uh, particularly with discussion groups um, over the last probably 12, 14 years in Chagas. Pat Clark would have done a lot of work and I would have done some work on it myself. Um, And some farmers feel actually that um, they're going to be coming to hear more about labour efficiencies um, in terms of the tasks on the farm and, you know, um, whether, you know, having an auto drafter or a backing gate or, you know, what influences what from the overall time it takes to run a farm. Um, and they kind of say, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've heard that before. We've, we've discussed this before. So there's a little bit of confusion around in terms of actually, you know, what the content of the course is uh, and what... Um, I suppose, what to expect from the course. Okay, so there's a little bit of confusion around that. But I think the number one, um, I suppose, issue uh, is for people that have relief um, milkers in particular or a small little bit of help. They feel that they've nothing to benefit from this course. Um, But interesting enough, one farmer um, whom has 90 cows and relief milking, and he said his reason for coming on the courses because he does think and he's not that he's not that old he's quite a young farmer but he does always think you know what if I get sick 
who's going to run the farm and how easy is it going to be for somebody else to step in my shoes? And um, so I, I thought that was that was really, uh, really interesting um, in terms of his perception and, and how that he looked at it, that, you know, if I get processes in place, if I have a simple system um, that in the event of ever anything happening to me um, and, it, you know, it could be something simple as, as just being out of work for a few weeks um, um, that somebody a neighbor or a friend or family or maybe that person that does relief milking or whatever will easily be able to run the farm without me. And I suppose ultimately that's one of the key objectives of the course is that the farm will actually run very well without the farmer being there, the farm owner being there. Um, and, and, you know, some, I suppose some, some people that have attended the course in the past and have been working actively every year in terms of upskilling, in terms of people management and lean management would often say now that they can go away for a few weeks and the farm will run so smoothly without them. Or, you know, they've second units or things like that. And they'd say, oh, sure, look, the I don't need to be there very much. So that's the ultimate goal of it. Um so yeah, so look, I suppose going going forward, we want to keep um we want to keep putting these courses on, um and I suppose for some people they might be oh yeah you know I'll put it on the long finger I'll do that some stage but I suppose it's important if, if we're not for you know filling some courses they're not going to be put on again, yeah. um so I think it's key that uh, upskilling in terms of people management becomes a part. Um, a yearly part or maybe bi-yearly anyways in terms of of upskilling um, because I suppose when, when you think of it Stuart you know each year we discuss grassland management in spring summer autumn breeding every year animal health so on so I, I think it's fundamental going forward and with all the challenges facing farmers in terms of finding people and attracting people and, and retaining people is that um we continuously upskill in terms of the whole way we think of employing people and working with people with people and we we upskill in this area okay very good so strategically obviously i suppose from the the point of view of as you said there earlier that things are a little bit quieter as we get on later in the year and these courses tend to run kind of september october november time of the year generally and you have changed it from being a four-day course as it would have been originally back to a two-day course even to try and facilitate that some people found that the four days was maybe a little bit too much to commit to but the two days is more feasible and it's spaced out because it's not one day after another um if people are interested having listened to what we've talked about here today who should they contact in in relation to maybe uh, getting on one of those courses when they're going ahead next year again yeah so um anyone interested um can contact myself Stuart. i've no problem with that um by email might be the handiest or, or my phone number i have no issue with that at all um it would be great um if if um if anyone was interested could that could give me an indication in time for for planning i suppose locations for for next year's courses it's kind of ironic, isn't it? <laughs> you need to plan as well, obviously. So um, just I suppose to, in, in the short term, as I said, the courses won't be on again until this time next year. Um, but the, we'll say we have done some stuff with Nolig there on some of the webinars there during the course of lockdown. And they're actually on our web, website. And there's also some very good information in relation to, we'll say, 
things that people can be doing now in advance of calving, different uh, elements that people can be trying to organise themselves in advance of what is quite a busy time, obviously, on farms uh, during the springtime. And if people want to check that out, they can go to chagas.ie forward slash animals forward slash dairy forward slash labour. And there's some great resources there, that courtesy of you, Martina, to be fair, and uh, some other people that have contributed to it down through the years. So um, we'll leave it at that, Martina. Thanks very much for coming on and filling me in on how the courses went. Uh, and we wish you well with the organisation of them for next year and we would encourage people that haven't already attended and even if people attended and feel that they could go back again they're they're always welcome to return Um, so thanks for that Martina and we'll talk to you again soon that's all for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Martina Gormley for joining me on this week's show don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie I'm Stuart Childs and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.